What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday. Welcome to another episode of the UX Rant. My name is Blake Arnsdorf. I'm a UX designer, and I'm here just to talk a little bit about UX. What's going on in the week? What's driving me insane? Have a little rant sesh. Uh, but again, happy Friday. Always a good time to be here. Uh, so let's just get into it. Typically, I've got some ranter banter at the beginning that's got like three topics to rant about. But in this case, I've only got one, and it's one that's driving me really insane. So across Twitter, I've, I've seen a lot of people sending out these tweets like if if you're a designer who doesn't like hate on anybody or shit on other people's work or say bad things about other people, then congratulations to you. And I was like, what is going on here? And if you go kind of through these threads, you see that a bunch of UX designers are hating on each other left and right. Like they get on their Behance profiles and just like tear stuff to shreds or they get on Dribble and do the same or they just tear people down through whatever medium possible. And I just, I don't see the point in that. Um, now I'm going to flip the script and say that in honesty, you should definitely be equipped to handle this kind of stuff. I mean, because the internet is the internet, you just, you never know what you're going to get really. And the other thing is you've got to be able to deal with this inside of your workplace. I mean, I, I don't know any designer or any researcher, anybody that's worked in user experience or really in any field that hasn't experienced some kind of crazy adversity at work or some Somebody who like tears down the work that you did and it makes you feel bad about it. I mean, you've got to have the tools to really bounce back from that kind of stuff. So I want to take a little time and talk talk about some ways that I've done this in the past. I mean, I've I've put designs together, I've given product briefs based on research we did with users, and just been torn to shreds. And the biggest thing you can do is disarm people with kindness, whether it's trolls on the internet or people in the boardroom. Just really be honest and say if you get like some nasty piece of feedback like that just sucks. It doesn't make any sense. Really just inquire, like try and get them to tell you more details. Keep your calm. Take a take a second and just say, okay, well, what about this sucks? Let's let's talk about it. Let's get some dialogue going on it. Uh, so that's the best way I've found to get past the hate. Just like use kindness. Say that you appreciate the feedback, but let's try and get something more constructive out of this and really just tackle it in that route. That's the best way you can go. The second part of like how you can get past the haters sipping the haterade is just you get the choice every time somebody reacts to you. You get to choose whether, one, you, you even care about it, or two, how you react. And, I mean, again, if you just you can kill them with kindness and this is harder on the internet and I totally understand it because people just some people are super witty and they come back at you with ridiculous stuff but at the same time you just you have to be able to handle it um, now okay let, let's get outside of the boardroom and away from trolls and dive back into this designers hating on each other like we ju I just talked about how this is going to happen in your work. Like it's it, You're going to have people that are just either super blunt or don't really care about anybody's feelings, and they're going to tackle you for some of the work you do. Not everything you, you do is going to be perfect, and it shouldn't be. I mean, you're designing and doing user experience research and rolling that stuff in for a reason. You're working in a, as a diverse team for a reason because you bring an important voice to the table. But... We all know that that's going to happen at work. It shouldn't be happening across like mediums like like Medium or Twitter or Instagram or especially not Dribble and Behance because these are places for you to showcase your work. Like put your basically your soul on the line and let people take a look at it, 
give you some honest feedback. Like in in full reality, you can look at my Behance and my Dribble profile. They're the it's the worst one out there because I've only recently started putting stuff up there, doing more design challenges, that kind of stuff. But to be honest, I felt more comfortable about it because people were giving me like real feedback about like, hey, you here's what you did right, but there's plenty of things you can improve upon, and this is why, and this is how. So I mean, seriously, go to at don't panic ux on behance or dribble and you can either make the choice to like shit on the stuff i do or you can make the choice to try and help everybody as a community grow as a designer that's just the way that i like to look at it i mean the like like i said and i'll beat this horse to death is those mediums are so that we can grow as designers as a community and we know we're going to experience adversity at work why do it to each other through the internet I mean, I feel like there's such a dichotomy between what's good about social media and what's bad. But I think it's a great thing to be able to communicate and learn from each other, especially like internationally. It's a beautiful thing. So just don't be one of those people that's out there just driven to tear people down. I mean, I understand the need to provide criticism and just make it constructive. Don't make it waste a waste of your time. Um, So. If you happen to be a hater that likes to sip the haterade and you want to stop sipping, this is what I would tell you to do. And I've had this problem too, like where I am in a meeting and I instinctively want to be like, what is going on over there? And this is what has helped stop me from doing any of that. So if you really have that instinct to hate on something, just stop for a second, take a breath, and find ways, calculate some some ways in your head that you can actually provide constructive criticism for what you're about to say. Don't just say it sucks. Like, give real content about what's going on, what you think is not right, and you might even learn that you're wrong. Or the person that you're working with, you guys discover a completely new solution, but you didn't come at it in a hostile way, and it changes the entire conversation. You're not hurting anybody's feelings, that kind of stuff. I know all that ushy-gushy weird stuff. But if you really just can't stop yourself from either social media or whatever from just hating on something... Do yourself a favor, double-click that iPhone home button, and swipe that application closed because you've got stuff that you obviously need to work on and you need to go ahead and just step out of the room and go make your designs better because I'm sure they're not 100% perfect. And if they are, congratulations, but I don't believe you. But anyway, so to walk away from this on a positive note, the one, rant, the one banter ranter of this week is to quote some of Logic's words. So practice peace, love, and positivity, kids. That's the mantra. All right, so that's the end of the ranter banter rant. Let's jump into some design rantery. Oh, man. So uh, my good friend Ralph, actually, who works with me as a marketing director for the User Experience Professionals Association. I always mess that up. So UXPA of Los Angeles, so the LA chapter, UXPALA.org, or or on Meetup. He sent me this article that we were posting this week on our social media about blockchain. Uh, And so this is something I'm really interested in, but have no clue about it. Like, I really don't understand the concepts. And this particular article from IDEO, I really should have just should have grabbed the author's name, but it's on IDEO's website. And I will credit whoever the actual author was in. If you're on YouTube, it'll be in the show in the description. If you're on SoundCloud, it'll be in the description of the podcast. But anyway, so they give a really concise breakdown of blockchain. And one thing to remember when we're talking about blockchain is it's not just cryptocurrency. It's not just 
uh, you know, whatever it is. It's not just Bitcoin and Ethereum. I think that's how you say that other one. Uh, and there's a lot of different cryptocurrencies. So let, let's break this down one time. So break blockchain is a type of digital ledger that records information in a public and traceable way across a decentralized network of devices. So it's not just sitting in one place and it's super public every transaction that happens. Nothing is hidden. So this really means that information for an app isn't just stored on a private server like you see nowadays. Instead, that information is stored across multiple servers or multiple devices that communicate to verify, okay, somebody has done this specific thing. So it's this person doing this, and it's open and wide communicated across multiple, multiple servers or any kind of communication device. So rather than referencing that central network like we talked about, such as something like Google, or if you bank with Wells Fargo, like referencing Wells Fargo. So what does this really mean for designers? Well, think about this. this the word blockchain, people just really don't even understand it. Most people don't. I'm sh there's plenty of smart guys that I know and gals that can school me up and down the street about what blockchain is, its importance, where it's going to take the future in terms of cryptocurrency and just how we think about communication and apps and everything. But most people don't know what it is. Your lay person, including myself, had no idea how to even talk about blockchain. A lot of times people only think cryptocurrency is blockchain or they're interchangeable. So think about once you start, once it starts to really get into the zeitgeist and you're hearing about blockchain on the news and you're seeing it all over the place, all over Twitter and all over your social media feeds, that people are going to be confused about it. It's kind of maybe maybe analogous to the introduction of something like PayPal or paying for things on the internet. Um, so you, now it's going to be more important than ever for UX designers to step up to the plate and be designing for trust. And there's a lot of great papers out there from human factors research that talk about this with automation. So um, designing for trust in automation. So what can you do to make people more likely to believe the automation is doing the right thing and that they don't have to go backwards and forwards about whether they trust the machine? Uh, same thing here. It's do you, well, you trust this website? What is it going to mean to have blockchain for your, your app data or your fitness tracker or how you're communicating with people back and forth? Like what is going to make people feel comfortable? It's going to be what they see and how they experience it, right? So that's, that's where a lot of design comes in. But I'm going to take kind of a left turn from what they talk about in the article, and I just I really don't think this is even that much, that limited to the experience when we think about designing for UIs or even physical experiences anymore. Because I was, I was of course, like listening to something Gary Vee said on his Instagram this week, and he's putting on this entire, basically centered around voice, like voice UIs and just voice technology in general, like Google Home and all that kind of stuff. He's putting on an entire conference related just to voice and really thinks that this is going to kick off in the next 36 months or so. And I, I have to think that he's right because having these devices in our home that we talk to, your phone, you can talk to your phone at this point with virtual assistants like Siri or OK Google or whatever. I mean, that's going to be where some of this, some of the things that we do with our physical hands is now going to be taken care of in more of like an ether. So you're going to tell some kind of AI system or, or in this case something integrated with blockchain to do something for you and there's gonna be a record of that uh, so I mean looking at how voice is really going to change the face of UI is really important and I think that integration into blockchain technologies is going to be absolutely huge uh, another the last kind of point and I really 
think this is something that everybody needs to think about is with blockchain, we're going to have access to so much more data. And as it becomes bigger and companies adopt it, we're going to require them to show us so much more about what they're doing, about where our goods are coming from, about financial transactions that they're creating. Like, There's not going to be a whole lot that's hidden anymore from this or from us. And as consumers, that's how we're going to start building some of the trust. So think about how that's even going to integrate into designing products for you, for your side of the of the table, right? Like as a UX designer, like what does that mean for you? Well, it means you've got to now take, now you've got some elements that you can use to help build that trust. So, okay, you're ordering coffee off the internet, right? So it was sourced from this location and here's the blockchain track or the transaction, the verified transaction, this is actually where it came from. And this is how we process it in these plants. And this is how it's getting to you. Um, it's just things like small micro things like that that are now going to be kind of part of your product's brand. I know coffee is just one example. There's there's billions of them. Uh, but so designing for blockchain, that's going to be so epic. I, I really hope that at some point I can get to be a part of a project that is designing for blockchain technologies. I'm sure that every, well, not everyone, I'm sure that most UX designers will because that's just going to take over the technological sphere so to say, uh, or at least that's predictions for it, right? So blockchain, stay tuned. Yeehaw. Thanks. Thanks, Ralph, for that one. All right. Powerful sip of coffee. So I thought this, there was another article that I saw on through, I think it was Envision. Um, but it's a guy, it was from a guy named Dan, Dennis Fields. And that's, so that's like at Dennis underscore field on Twitter. And he was giving advice about how do you stay inspired? And his tips were good, and I, I, I agreed with him. I mean, he talked about having engaging conversations, studying the work of other people, kind of like the Steal This Art. I can't remember who wrote that, but it's a it's like a little small book called Steal This Art. Surrounding yourself with great design, staying educated, and then taking time to actually step out of the work you do and do designs that you want to or building things that you want to Um and I, I totally resonate with some of those, but I wanted to throw kind of just some of mine out there because it's it's really helped me in the past, like keeping myself inspired and motivated to keep pushing as a freelancer, doing my own web development and UX design type stuff, um, starting podcasts like this and everything like that. So what, one thing, and this can be kind of woo-woo for some people, um, but meditation. Just try it. I mean, there's plenty of places you can, like whether it's the Calm app or you know, checking out some of Sam Harris's guided meditations that are like 10 minutes long. It's just, it helps you kind of like take all the thoughts and stop them for a moment. And it allows you to kind of think through problems a little better. If you start your day that way, where you're just able to focus on the nothingness and just being and being present in the moment, it allows you to kind of tackle problems better as you re as things like bubble up during the day and you don't, you don't get as anxious, or at least I don't. Um, Another thing that's been massively beneficial to me as far as staying inspired is working out consistently because uh, it just it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but getting out of the house, going to the gym, talk, interacting with different people, there's that social aspect of it. Um, like I, I like to do jiu-jitsu. So there's just a lot to be said about learning from other people. We Even when it's completely outside of design or UX or anything like that, I mean, there's you get inspired from talking to people that are – just have nothing to do with what you do for work. Um, this one almost goes without saying and probably lines up with the first two, but eating healthy has really changed a lot of a lot of my life. I used to only eat junk food, but 
ever since I've started really trying to pay attention to what I eat, it keeps my mind and my body running at tip top shape, right? Like I don't, I don't get as sluggish as I usually used to during the day. I mean, I probably drink way too much coffee, but you know, eating healthy can help you out. Um, Number four, the fourth one I have is really important. So you want to surround yourself with people that both inspire you and are pushing themselves because the, you like, I don't really know who originally said this. I'm sure I've heard it a million places, but I know I've heard it for Tim Ferriss. Like you are like, you're the sum of the five people you hang out with the most. Right. So if, if they're just not ambitious, not inspiring, they're not doing things that make you like really want to get up in the morning and just run at the run at the problems of the day like you might need to start surrounding yourself with different people um there's nothing wrong with like having friends that you just hang out with but you know your your influences are what you surround yourself with so it's just something to think about and so another big one for me is really looking for inspiration from different domains because i think a lot of times i get really wrapped up in just like oh look at this on dribble or that on enhance or like checking out stuff from different uh, design companies like Basic or Grizzly, that kind of stuff. Uh, so my personal favorite is like using YouTube, and YouTube has landed me finding uh, this guy called Peter McKinnon. He's a photographer and center cinematographer, but also a really big YouTuber, uh, but known for his photography skills and cinematography skills. And he just does an amazing job of like bringing the creative acts aspects of video and photography creation, which are two things that I'm really interested in, along with like vlogs and tutorials, how you use you know, camera software and cameras themselves and things about lenses. It's just enjoy enjoyable for me, and I get a lot of inspiration for, like, from just his general personality and also how he puts videos together. Just things that I'll hopefully incorporate in the future on YouTube. Uh, so look for inspiration in other domains outside of your own. Uh, and then lastly, this is probably the biggest one, is find people that are putting out content that when, you, when you're down, you know you can go to, and it's going to give you some kind of boost. Um, so a great one for this is uh, a brand called Onnit. So that's O-N-N-I-T. It's a fitness brand, but this particular page that they have that's hooked in their website, it's just O-N-N-I-T dot com forward slash motivation. Uh, it's, it's just like a bunch of videos of like some of their athletes that work out really hard, but also videos from ins- inspirational speakers like um, some, some people that are big in meditation, Aubrey Marcus, the owner himself, it's got stuff from Joe Rogan. Like it, it just has a lot. And it's got, uh, a famous thing from Gary V like you, you are the one in a billion that made it. You should be happy type of thing. It's just got like, if you're ever feeling bummed, it's a good place to go and check out. Um, another big one for me is having something on the, on my home screen that just like makes me get, get myself in gear. If I'm just feeling gnarly or unmotivated or uninspired or just don't know if I can even do it through the day. And uh, this is going to sound stu- super sappy, but I have like a, a clip from a Joe Rogan Instagram post. It's where he like didn't want to hit the gym or do something like that during the day, and he just conquered it anyway. And it's just a, it's a picture of him smiling after a workout. And he, I know that sounds ridiculous, but it does like wonders for me when I just don't want to do something and makes me – realize that I have to go conquer what I don't want to do because ultimately I'll likely feel better on the other side of it or learn something from it. Um, another guy to check out is definitely Car- Gary V. Has a lot of inspirational content. Just is very no nonsense, no bullshit. Uh, and I think I need that a lot myself and I feel like a lot of other people do. It, it kind of keeps you on your toes because you never know what he's going to say and it, I don't know. It's just one of those. Um, 
this last one's a brand, kind of a newer one for me, and it's Whitney Cummings. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter and Instagram, but honestly, I'm really big into stand-up comedy, and she is the best out there. Like, I think she's just got such an interesting take on things, but also her more personal content is really, it's inspiring. Uh, I felt like reading one of her recent books, like, uh, I can't really remember the name of it. I think it's I'm finding other lies or something like that. But anyway, it's it's super insightful, and I felt like every time I turned the page, I was having to pause for one of those, oh, I'm not the only one type of moments. It's just finding people like this, like for whatever it is, it doesn't have to be any of these people I'm talking about. Just think about anybody that you go to or think about when you think of success or um, that you really you either admire or would like to aspire to be somewhat like, like just find ways that you can trick yourself out of being in a funk uh, whenever you can. Uh, all right. So enough inspirational nonsense from Blake, the UX designer. Let's, <laughs> let's talk some research ranting. Um, so again, this was on medium from, I can't remember the actual name, but I know it is at mule girl. Uh, and it's all about UX research and it was, Creation, criticism, and inquiry are all integrals, all integral parts of de the design process. So here are like nine design research rules. I'm not going to go through all nine. I just want to give kind of a one like fist bump for this article type of thing because it was such a breath of fresh air to me because I come from a super researchy background. Like obviously, again, you can go check out my dribble and Behance. Like I'm not the best designer, um, but I come from the research background and I really liked the part of you know interacting with users and then taking that information of what we learned plugging it into how designs work and then creating them on the like front end web development side that's why i got into web development and wanted to do more design but i think too often we're running at problems by just starting to draw something or creating a quick prototype and this article is really all about taking pause and making sure that you're asking the correct questions and defining the goals of your product or what your team's goals are. Because uh, one thing that came out of the article is like a good question is far more valuable in the long run and you can't ask good questions, meaning you can't learn anything until you admit you don't actually have the true true answers. And again, that's from at Mule Girl on Twitter. And I can't agree with this more. Because like, if you if you don't know what you're supposed to be asking about, or if you got if you as a team are just not aligned on the same things, or you don't have the same goals, you're gonna start talking to users or developing test protocols that are just gonna feel conflicting, or you're gonna walk away from events with disparate pieces of information because not everybody's on the same page. And there's no better way to get on the same page than to talk and brainstorm and figure out what it is as a group, whether you're development team, UX team, uh, product managers, whatever, when you come together trying to get at what's the core goal here and how are we going to find out what we need to know? What questions do we need to ask? What kind of flow do we need to design from this? Those kind of things. So just asking questions and trying to understand what to do as a team before you ever design anything is definitely a great way to go and putting the research in, putting the time and effort to really think about what your product is going to do or what this next release, this next feature is actually going to do for you. Um, but I will completely admit that I am a visual learner. I totally run to every time trying to prototype something or actually just sketch it out, whether it's drawing it, whatnot. 
But one way that I figured out that I could kind of get around this is if I'm talking in a group, I can just sketch out a basic kind of box and arrow diagram of how a user flow might go based on what we're talking about. And that helps provide kind of a visualization that the team can break apart and tear down and we can talk about it in a meaningful way. Uh, this comes from, again, my research background with some of the more like task analysis methods. And that's where I, where I get it from is really trying to define user goals and the tasks that are going to be required to meet them. Uh, so it's, it's a way to break myself of immediately jumping into trying to prototype something. And I think it ultimately leads to just a better end goal because now you, you know exactly what you're trying to achieve, how to ask questions about it to your user base. And you can also then from talking to users understand really where the product needs to go. Is this, is this something that's only specific maybe to mobile or does this need to be across or, or a bunch of things across all of our product suite? Like just things like that to really help you kind of hone in where you're going from. Um, so again, just just three little things. So before you prototype, just ask questions, talk to your team, get aligned, and then keep asking more questions once you're aligned. Like that's the that's the biggest things you can do. And if you're like me and you have like the the need to draw things or start trying to sketch things out, think about just drawing box and arrow diagrams. It provides a visualization. It kind of scratches that itch in your mind. Just gets you gets you good to go. All right. So let's move on to probably my favorite part of the show this week. So the front end rant. So everything front end development that I'm fooled around with this week. Uh, so I d I'm not going to really dive into any kind of technology like I have in the past. We've talked about CSS Grid on previous shows. I, last week, I think I just talked about Bootstrap 4. But anyway, so I finally have committed to hashtag 100 days of code on Twitter. So every day I'd be coding left and right. Uh, and I encourage you to commit to doing this too, especially if you have wanted to learn to code in any kind of form, whether it's like front end, back end, app design, Android, Swift, uh, you know, anything like that. It just, it doesn't matter. Get on it. Like get on Twitter, commit to it, do the 100 days of code. I'm telling you, learn so much because at some point you're going to run out of tutorials to do and you're going to actually have to build something. Uh, so, in fact, if you'll commit publicly to hashtag 100 days of code and tag me on Twitter at don't panic UX, I will personally retweet all of your uh, whatever, whatever it is, like day updates, because there's like there's a whole thing we update every day or whatever. But I would love to see you join in on the journey. I think it's just a good thing to do, because even if you're a UX designer and you never want to code anything, having a basic understanding of some of the technology and how it affects it can affect your designs it'll ultimately help you when you're having those conversations with developers especially if they're being like oh we just can't do that it gives you some ammo to know like okay can you really do this or is it like a level of effort that you don't think you can put in or don't want to put in um, based on if it's the front end or can your can the back end really actually do these things that i'm envisioning in my head or drawing on my prototypes um, it really just gives you a lot more information to kind of throw people and go at it um but okay so for me what i'm working on is personally i'm working through free i'm gonna say this one more time free codecamp.org's front end certification as always i'm not affiliated with any of these people or places or internet things that i talk about this is just stuff that i do 
Um, and so I'm working on their front end certification, and I finally got, again, out of tutorial land and into, okay, you now have to do five projects that are going to require you to, you know, do code things and work hard. <laughs> but I finally got to this project where I was going to have to do a tribute page. And, of course, my brain immediately went to, I'm going to just do the most ridiculous Joe Rogan tribute page because big fan, stand-up, podcast, whatever. But then I kind of narrowed my options down, and I think I'm actually, I talked about him earlier in the podcast. Um, I'm going to do like a Peter McKinnon tribute page, and I'm pretty stoked on it because for those of you who really don't know who he is, he's well-known in the photography and videography world, of course, but his YouTube has become a powerhouse. But so, for some reason, I would like to see some of the some of his content kind of you know categorized in a different way. And YouTube just doesn't give you a whole lot of those features. So I was thinking like maybe that as part of the tribute page, I can make it clearer where stuff or where stuff is just like vlogs or tutorials and breaking tutorials kind of down into different trees. I don't know, but just basically designing a website that showcases more of more of his work along with some of his stuff from YouTube and Instagram. Um, and of course, this is this is only like a practice thing for a cer- front end certification deal, but you know, no big deal. Um, pause. And unpause, back to regularly scheduled programming. Sorry for anybody that's listening to the podcast audio version of this. For some reason, my camera like just stops uh, at some point while I'm trying to record this to throw it up on YouTube. And I, last week, I just kind of like said, eh, whatever, but I don't want to do that two weeks in a row. So I apologize for the strange pause. Uh, but anyway, so like I said, I've narrowed down trying to d- design this Peter McKinnon, you know, tribute page just to show off some of the work that he's done, but also my development skills. And I figured because a lot of the content is video and pictures, it's going to give me a hard time with whatever I design it in because I'll have to like make sure the grid's correct and what am I going to do when it goes to mobile. So just a lot of awesome stuff to have to think about from a front end development and design perspective. Um I'll, once again, I'll definitely put that stuff up on GitHub, and once I do, I'll I'll tweet it out. Again, my handle is Don't Panic UX across all show, social media. But if anybody sees it, I'll try and put it on Drivel and Behance too. Um, I've had a hard time putting stuff on Drivel. Like, doesn't let me show the entire website. I don't think that's the point anyway. But if anybody has any tips, leave it in the comments or you know hit me up somewhere else. Um, but yeah, so super stoked to get through another day this will be like day five 100 days of code uh oh man i feel like my eyes are gonna come out of me looking at a computer screen so much but you know what guys this has been a quick one but i've really enjoyed it i hope you have a wonderful friday and this is going to be the end of today's ux rant once again this is blake arnsdorf from a ux designer and your personal buddy So, as always, I want you to have an awesome weekend and go create something epic, whether it's photography, videos, if you draw something, if you write some good music, whatever it is, just create something awesome. If you feel like sharing it with me, please hit me up on social media, anywhere from Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's all at Don't Panic UX. And as always, guys, I want to leave you with the one thing from Master Logic: peace, love, and positivity. All right, y'all. I'm out.